The Lord be with you. With your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for any human being. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while the judge refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for any human being, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be with you on such a beautiful day. Now, someplace about the middle of the church here, if you don't hear me, just put your hand up like that. My wife was here last night and she said, I didn't hear you. I'm like, really? It sounds big right here. So I, I don't know, it's about my third time to be here, so you know, there's nothing more frustrating than sitting and not being able to hear. And my voice might dip, so please help me. So let's begin today's reflection together by holding on to Jesus' direction to his apostles. The opening line, the opening line says this, pray always and do not lose heart. Pray always and do not lose heart. Jesus then follows up as he normally does with a story, the great storyteller that he is. He tells the story about a judge who doesn't fear God nor man, and he's unwilling to give justice to this poor defense, defenseless widow. But the woman, as we know, doesn't give up. Keeps coming back, pleading her case, until he relents for fear of one of these days that she's gonna lose it and become violent. The translation in his time, and this is for real, the translation in the words was, she might show up and I can end up with a black eye. So I had better give her justice for what she's looking for. Now, I've heard numerous homilies over the years. I've sat in those pews, and every time the preacher goes about equating the judge with God. I have reservations equating the insensitive judge with God. The idea that you can badger God into getting something that you want doesn't hold a lot of sway with me either. So what if we reverse the roles? and see the woman in the story as the image of God, not the judge. Once you reverse the characters, then a whole new perspective appears. I would suggest that if we see the widow as the godlike figure, then it makes sense. It makes sense that anyone who sets their minds to resist injustice, because that's what she's doing, rightfully challenging the wrongs and acting like Jesus, acting like God. 
So in order to fit this story into our era, our time, equate that widow with a personage of a person that we all know of Martin Luther King, who stood up against wrongs. St. Mother Teresa, who stood for the poor, those widows. And currently in our, in our news, we've heard about this woman that lost her life, I believe it was Iran, just because she didn't have a head covering on, she lost her life. But she stood up against the injustice of the regime against all women. So the parable is not about wearing down God with our pleas, but more about justice, to act like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus was a warrior. He was no wimp. We got this picture of Jesus holding lambs in his arms and stuff like that, hands on little children. Yes, he did do that. But he was a warrior. He took on the Pharisees. He took these people on in dangerous times. We've got plenty of opportunity right here in our own backyard here in Canada to hold our politicians to make moral decisions and laws for the greater good of all people. I'm personally grateful for all the efforts that have been made thus far when it comes to truth and reconciliation of our First Nations people. Our First Nations people, they are the widows of today's gospel, seeking justice, and they've been seeking it for a long, long time. Now, I shared last night, uh, and it's not on the script, it's not in the notes, and uh, there's no pretty way to say this, but I was a fool. I had jokes, I had things to say, I had stupid comments that came out of my mouth that I can't take back, but I can apologize for it. Things that I thought that were funny at the time, it comes to, ethnicities, it was funny. No, it wasn't funny. It was not funny whatsoever. So for that, I apologize. And I'm so glad that these First Nations people have hung in there long enough with their prayer that knuckleheads like me get it. We do the research, we go to meetings, we read the right material, that we do get it. So praise God for that. There are numerous other situations and causes that we can support for sure. Let us remember the words of Jesus. Pray always and do not lose heart. Pray always. I'm sure that some of us here have heard about the 12-step program and probably the, you know someone that's been a, a beneficiary of a 12-step program of recovery. What if I told you that it was my hope that everyone here was actively participating in step 11? What? Step 11, what's that, Deacon Frank? I'm glad you asked. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Sought through prayer and meditation, step 11. It's that important that it made it into the 12 steps. And then when I open the book to look at that, the other steps, they're a blueprint for living. They're not magic. It's how we live our life. 
So this step tells me that when we are praying, and we've all got our way of praying, we don't pray the same, we are actively enmeshed with God. We're engaged. He's right there listening to every word that we have to say. It doesn't matter if you're seven or 70, if you're praying, God is there listening to you. We've got sad things, bad things, life. We see it on the news. You only have to turn CNN on for like two minutes and like, is there nothing good that's happening? Sure there is, but what makes news? So why do we pray? To give us the courage to live beyond all of that negativity that we see in the news, that we don't lose hope, so that we continue to live the way that Jesus did, with compassion, forgiveness, and love, knowing that we are held in his heart. As tough as he was, that's how tender he is to hold us. I can only speak about my own prayer life. And I know that if I don't have regular conversation with God, I change. My thoughts change, what comes out of my mouth changes, but I recognize it very quickly. Oh, what does Matthew Kelly say? That's not the best version of yourself. And I recognize it when it happens and I do something about it. That's why we need to pray always so that we don't lose heart. Not my words, his words. I'm equally assured that you know the serenity prayer. We know the serenity prayer, yes? Yeah. God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Great prayer. This Franciscan priest comes up with the serenity prayer a little differently. I pray, God grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not being perfect. The courage to forgive myself because I'm working on being better. The wisdom to know that you love me just the way that I am. Praise God. 